Welcome to On Mission, the teaching ministry of the Mission Church in Irvindale. We exist to love God by loving others, leading them to become fully functioning followers of Christ Jesus. Today we conclude Mike's message on Luke. It should be self-evident, but the reason it's not self-evident is because we in our modern day rarely slow down enough to take in the facts. Just give us the bottom line. Let us have our quick story as we're all accustomed to it, and we'll just sail right on under the Christmas tree and open up our gifts. That's one of the beauties of being able to do this right now outside of that season. I don't have to pay attention to any of that. I can just bring the biblical text to you as it really is. So let's slow down and let's find out why what I've just given to you is important. I think we have to ask and answer a couple of questions. The first one is, who's driving the storyline? Well, God is driving this storyline. He's the one who's creating the entire thing. He's the one that's making it all happen. He's the one who's ensuring that it's getting recorded and that it actually happens the way he had planned it to happen. Secondly, we have to ask the question, who's being interjected into this environment? Think about the environment I have just explained to you. Who's being injected into that? It is God's only son. Which leads then to the third question. Why would God choose to send his son into such a setting when the world is filled with so many better choices? Stop for just a moment. Light your pipe and smoke on that a second. I know, we don't do that around here, right? Just pretend. Why would God, with so many choices available, listen, just 80 miles down the road is the capital city of Israel. And in the midst of the capital city is a new gleaming temple That is the pride and joy of the Jewish people. It is the temple that is dedicated to the name of Yahweh where he is worshipped. Right beside the temple, no doubt, is the home of the high priest, Caiaphas. And we happen to know that Caiaphas had a daughter. And I'll bet she was stunning. I mean, you being the child of the high priest, the daughter of the high priest, you had the best of everything. No doubt she was eating the best foods. She was getting the best health care. She was getting the best education, had the best cosmetics and the best dresses. Yet looking down from heaven, God who can do anything he wants to do chose to bypass the best that man had to offer to send his angel to what was likely an uneducated, unsophisticated, undernourished, unnoticed, inconsequential, scrawny girl. And I want you to try to imagine the scene as glorious Gabriel, who stands in the very presence of God, comes to this little village and interrupts this little girl's life with this statement. Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. I'm transported another 30 years down the road. Mary's baby is born. 
He has become a man. And he is sitting in the synagogue in the village of Nazareth. And it's the Sabbath day. He stands up and they hand him a scroll. It's the scroll of the prophet Isaiah. And he unrolls the scroll to the place that has now become known as Isaiah 61, 1 and 2. It wasn't known as that back then because there was no chapters or verses. But he unrolls that scroll and he comes to this place and he stands up and he reads. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel. To who? To the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and and the recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. I only have one truth point today. And by getting to it at this point in time, we're getting close to the wrap-up. But This is where I hope, if there's muddy water for you, that it becomes crystal clear. Truth point. God's redemptive plan, created before the world began, carried out by real people in real time, remained consistent in its unfolding with its intended purpose throughout the ages. What was that intended purpose? It was not for the self-assured. It was not for the self-righteous. It was not for self-made men and women, but it was for those who have no hope, who have no way, who have no plan, and who to the world are considered insignificant. Everything about the unveiling of this storyline communicates that truth. And what we find in God's choice of Mary is that she's the perfect person to bring the Messiah into the world. Because in her very being, she embodied all the weakness, all of the insignificance, and all the neediness that Jesus came to address. We like to imagine Mary in her beautiful little gowns and her finely coiffured hair. And everything is just great and she must have been highly, highly righteous and all the rest. And I'm sure at her young age she hadn't gotten into too much trouble because when you live in a village of 100 or 200 people out there in the middle of nowhere, there's not a whole lot to get into. But she was nothing grand as it relates to how people view people. God had chosen her because she embodied everything that needed redemption. And the question that I bring to you this morning is this. Are you the perfect person to receive what Jesus offers? That's a trick question in some ways, I guess. Because it's tempting to answer, well, yeah, I'm, I'm a pretty good person. I go to church regularly. I give some. I even serve a little bit. I try not to swear. I put in a good day's work. I'm good to my family. I 
Yeah, I think I'm the perfect person to receive it. Oh, geez, I hope you didn't answer the question that way. Because if you did, you're not the perfect person to receive it. You see, the gospel comes to those who are spiritually helpless. The gospel is meant to transform those who are morally helpless. It is designed to reverse the curse of those who have been irreparably damaged because of sin. You know, if you don't see yourself that way, if you don't see yourself as spiritually hopeless, morally helpless, and irreparably damaged because of sin, why would you even seek a Savior? Apparently you don't need one. But if you see yourself as you really are, if I see myself as I really am, then I am of all people most blessed. Because God has provided a Savior who is uniquely qualified to deal with those issues, and to make us into a new creation in Christ Jesus. To my fellow Christians this morning, I encourage you to not lose sight of your need. If you start to think that you don't have a need, you're the first one who needs what I'm talking about. Don't forget where you've come from or even who you still are. Don't forget your need. And when you see what Christ has been doing in your life, when you see his love, when you see his grace, when you see his mercy being brought to bear, rejoice. Be glad. Find joy. Because Jesus came for you. He came to change you, to touch you, to make your life different, to rescue you from the curse that began some six or 7,000 years ago. To those who are seeking answers to life's complex problems, most importantly, the question, how can I possibly be right with God? I invite you to look to Jesus. He alone, he alone has the answer to your issue. He alone can rescue you. I want to close with this reading from the Apostle Paul. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 26 through 31. I invite you to listen and watch carefully on the screen and hear what he has to say. It goes right along with what I've been saying. And I think it's the, great, it's the best capstone to this message. Paul says to us, For consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish... In the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not to bring to nothing things that are, so that, and here's the key, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. Who in this room has any right to boast of anything other than the love of Jesus Christ? None of us. But we sure have a lot to boast about when it comes to him. Amen? And that's why our, 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 that's why our lives and our countenance and our, our gatherings and, and, and the way that we live every week should be so different than it is because we have so much to brag about. We've got so much to be happy about, Cole. Right? So much to share. Because we have a Savior who reached into the mess of our lives. 
and revealed himself to us and applied his divine sacrifice and his resurrection to us. Oh, we have so nothing to brag about for ourselves and everything to brag about with him. And you know what one of my biggest fears is? I'm going to finish reading that passage in just a second. But one of my biggest fears is that many of us don't understand that. There seems to be at times such a lack of joy. There seems to be such a lack of hope. There seems to be such a fear of living. And could it be that the reason for that might be that we think of this story as something that didn't happen in real time with real people under real circumstances, that it's somewhat mythological? Could it be that we don't recognize the depths to which God has been willing to go to show how much He loves us so that no human being might boast in the presence of God for ourselves? And because of Him, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption, so that, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. This is On Mission. The Mission Church is located at 12001 Ridgemont Drive in Urbandale. To learn more about our ministry, visit our website at themissiondsm.org or call us at 515-255-2122. We gather for worship each Sunday at 10 a.m. We would be honored for you to join us. Have a blessed day, and thank you for listening to On Mission.